Please take your seats, choir. Please take your seats. I just want to sh- help you understand the moment you are, and we are going to close about 10 minutes because we have been ministering the word of God since Friday. And yesterday, God spoke so profoundly. I think the caption of yesterday is Elijah was a mere man like you. Keep that in your mind, and I will teach you further about that. The limitation of Satan comes by fear and disobedience. I'm sure that you are read up to Genesis chapter 9 today. And if you look at the summary from Genesis chapter 1 to chapter 9, you can see the history repeating itself. A mirror. God started an order. Satan polluted it. He put an end to it and started a new order. The covenant of the old, he renewed in the second. And the third order is the order of Christ Jesus where he confirmed the covenant. That's where he completed his covenant. But you know what I want to say to you is that, what is communion? What is communion? I was reading today and I saw some information about communion that really blew my mind. Open your Bible to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 14. Chapter 10 verse 14. It says, therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I want to listen to this very attentively. I read it through first and then we talk. Verse 15 says, I speak so sensibly, sensible, I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourself what I say. It's not the cup of the thanksgiving for which we we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ and is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. Because there is one loaf of bread, we, we, we who are many are one body. For we are partakers of one loaf. Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifice participate in the altar? Do I mean then that a sacrifice offered to an idol is anything or that any or, or that an idol's an idol is some is anything or means something? No. But the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons. Underline that. Not to God. And I do, I do not want you to be participant with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Now the first thing I want you to put strongly in your heart is this. When you take communion, the bread, the scripture says that you partake in the body of Christ. Correct? I want everyone to speak. That tells me that you understand. Verse 16. Let's read it together please.
So the cup of thanksgiving is what? What is, what is the cup of thanksgiving? And what is that cup now? What is the cup? Physically, what is the cup? It is the communion. The cup of thanksgiving is referred to this cup. The communion, the one you took. Okay? And the Bible says that when you take this, you participate in the, in the blood of Jesus. And it says that when you take the bread, you participate in the body of Christ. There are some people who are confused about this. For me, as a law person, verbatim, the Bible says is the body of Christ, the bread. And that's what I believe it is. And the Bible says the cup is the blood. When you take it out of your bottle and you label it as communion, it changes identity. Listen to me, don't follow people who have no knowledge and power of God. Some are confused about this. They say, no, we are not eating the body of Jesus, so we are not drinking the blood. The Bible says the blood, and that's what it is. If it is an ordinary bread, I read to you from chapter 11, some people took it and they were sick and they died. So if communion is just ordinary bread, why should it kill people? It kills some people. It makes some people physically sick in their body. If it's ordinary bread, then tell me, explain to me by science how it can make you sick. How it can kill a person physically. Therefore, certainly, this scripture is correct. That when you participate in the blood, the wine, you participate in the blood of Jesus, that's what you're taking. If you participate in the bread, you participate in the body of Jesus, and that's what he's taking. That's the reason why he says in that chapter 11, I read to you that, examine yourself therefore before you take it. Because it can kill, and it can give life. Are we together? I cannot hear you. Second thing that you must understand is that, he mentioned altar here. This is very, very interesting. Verse 18 says, Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participated in the altar. Do I mean then that the sacrifice offered by idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? However, no, but the sacrifice of pagan are offered to demons. So those of you who are Christians who come from some cultural background, you know, like you want to wear, they will do libation, they will pour drink on the ground. If you participate in it, you are participating with demons. That's what the Bible is saying. Or you go somewhere, they say that in our culture we must... uh, 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 appease our forefathers or pray our forefathers if you join them you instantly you and demons have become joint partners that is sacrifice to demons idols are nothing because they are graven images but if anything is given in the name of idol it goes to demons they accept it 
And therefore, offering that are that transfer between a physical man and the spirit, between them is an altar. That is what the Bible is saying. I will talk more about altar when we talk about Elijah and the fire. You will understand the power of altar. Anytime a man communicates with the spirit, the only medium by which he can do so is an altar. Today now, we have come to the altar of God. And so we have partaken with Christ in covenant of his blood and his body. Because it is the altar of God. If you do it in your house, it becomes an altar. And the Bible is saying those who are Christians should recognize. How won't you come to church to participate with God in his altar? You cannot go and participate with demons as well. If you are a very cultural man, the culture you don't know how it came about, be very careful in doing it. Really, any one of you who believes it's cultural should go and investigate the origin of your culture. I do, I did, and I know as a Christian. In this one, I will talk about some other cultures like in my own culture. You know, when people marry, some people in my culture, when they marry, they will say that you should bring uh, 42 tubers of yam. Why 42? Or the number they tell you to bring. Why? Why can't you bring 45? Why can't you bring 30? Why can't you bring 60? All those things came from occultism. A Christian must be very careful the culture you participate in. If you don't understand, if you are a Yoruba person, anyway, you cannot go and do this. If you, if you know anybody who, who came from my own background, who really, when we say Yoruba, in the Yoruba land, we always classify people like myself as people that were born by old age. Are you with me now? Because I was born by old age. A man, my father gave birth to me in his old age. But having served Satan to the end of Satanism, then he gave birth to me. So that when I was growing, he made me understand where those things come from. And the spirit that answers when those things are done. And he warned me, my son, don't participate in it. That's the reason why I look weird sometimes. Because I know many things. I know the meaning of things. I will get there now. You must be very, very careful. When Christians do things, you should do things different to, you know. What someone said to me, what about if you want to marry into your family and they say that they want this? I will tell them I'm not going to do it. Why should you want that? I will ask whoever wants to marry, I want to marry from that. Why should you want it? Tell me where it came from. There is no reason. There is nothing that should hold you away confronting people if they can confront you with what they believe. And you sit them down and use that opportunity to help them know that these things came from ancestors who worship idols. And so God cannot give them a, a platform, you know, a template of God. It is from their idols they got it from. And believers must stay clear from it. And don't say that I'm not giving you that, I will give you money in this stead. Do you understand that? If you have given a sacrifice on an altar... You participate with the spirit of the altar. That's what the scripture is saying. And it says that those of you who participate in communion should not participate in the spirit in the altar of other spirits. What happened to a Christian who does that? Every altar is an access of a spirit to enter or to have credence over the living. So because you participate in these before Christ, 
He gave the Holy Spirit the power over you. Now, even if you didn't pray for anything, something has happened to you through this communion. Because it is the altar of Christ. It has become the entrance of the Spirit of Christ into anybody who is... And that is why covenant is established. But if you, therefore, go to an altar and you give anything... The Bible says demons are the ones who receive those sacrifices. And you cannot do this and do that. I just felt I should point that to you very clearly because in the scriptures... But finally also, that first verse says, flee from idolatry. And I will say, why would he say that we should flee from idolatry? Because the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. When you accept Jesus Christ, you must know this. You are a different person. If you don't know that, your salvation is questionable. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed in the renew of your mind. That is for a Christian. Then you will be able to test and and approve what God's will is. His Pleasing is good, pleasing, and perfect will. A Christian must not behave like a non-Christian. A Christian must not get his direction of his mannerism or behavior from what the ungodly people do. A Christian should have, you know, he should derive his inspiration or inspiration from the Holy Spirit, the written word of God. And that's why I said this to you. If you come to this table... Or you claim to be born again and you are exposing your nakedness, you will not deny Satan from being the Lord over you. Fasting will not deliver you from his hands or or any prayer of anybody. Because by your own will, you decided to ignore the laws of God and then follow the laws of men given by the devil. All these things are vital. The Bible says, do not conform. You should be the one who set fashion and the world must follow it. I'm still looking for a Christian woman or man who will go to university and study this fashion designing and set up a, a, a shop in Oxford Street, okay, that will sew clothes and design clothes that will cover the bodies of women. Anybody who hear me today and do that, you will, it will not take you time to become a millionaire. I'm telling you. Because there are many godly people on earth, there are many people who are just morally good. They are non Christian. They are looking for such. Because most of the clothes that they sew for women, especially, are sewn out of mad people, madness, mad inspiration. Because the spirit of Satan entered into them. And they, they are sewing and their fashion they dictate is to just kill and to destroy and to maim. And Christians must dissociate themselves from such so that you will not be a victim of demons who inspired those things. Of course, you can always design your own and so, for God's sake. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And the last thing is 2 Corinthians 6.14. 
Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light and darkness have? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial or devil? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God, which is your body, and idols? Piercing nose, piercing your lips and tongue. When you see people who have pierced all those things, do they not look oppressed to you? To a common sense, they look oppressed. How can somebody put earring on his or her tongue? Tell me, what comfort does that give you? It's just oppressed. But they will see that. Because they are bound by Satan. And a person who claims to be a Christian cannot display things like that. Because the Spirit of God, if it's in you, without anybody telling you, it will not permit you to do that. You can really know people who are truly born again. When you see anybody who can do that, the fact is this. They come to church, but they are not saved. They come to church, but they are not saved. Anybody who is not saved will think according to his own will. Somebody who is saved cannot any longer because the spirit in him will check him, convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. But if somebody comes to church and they love those kind of things, you don't have to worry. They are not born again. Be patient with them and let, give them a time to keep on hearing the word of truth. When the day of their salvation comes, salvation is an encounter of a supernatural power, which is the power of God, intercepting human. And enter into the body of man. When that happens, it changes the whole of your mental instant. It opens your life to you in a twinkle of an eye. You will hate what you used to be. All the things that you used to be in, you know, in the world that doesn't make anything to you, looks like normal. You will, you, will, you will regret that you did them. That is salvation. If you didn't go through that, you just pray for it to happen. And that is when a man can see, keep loving the things of the world. So the Bible says clearly... There is nothing common between the temple of God and Belial or between you and those who do not know the Lord. I want you to consider these things. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, nor stand in the ways of sinners. But his delight is in the law of his God. In the law of his God, he meditates what? Day and night. Shall we read that verse 4 together? And he shall be like a tree planted by the riverside that gives his fruit in his season. And it says, and his leaves shall not wither. And whatever he does prospers. If that does not happen to you, the next verse, consider. Let's read the next verse. Not so. Stop. You see, verse 1 to verse 3 applies to the righteous. But verse 4 tells you, not so to the wicked. If you are a Christian and your life is not in conformity with the Verses 1 to 3. If verse 3 does not happen to you, check your life in 1 and 2. You know, if you stand in the ways of sinners, you love gossips, 
You love running other people down. You love running with evil news, bad news. You run with all your bone. When you tell something negative about somebody, you want to hear it. When you talk about good things, you don't want to hear it. Satan got your heart to destroy you only. Because the fact is that when you talk about people behind them, they don't even know you are saying it. But somebody was there. His name is God. Who records you and he gives you, he allows you the sentence of your iniquity. Yesterday I was explaining that to you. God's jurisprudence from the book of Genesis chapter 3. For the wages of sin is death. So once you sin, you must pay to receive your wages. If you work, they pay your salary. That is wages. If you work in sin, the wages is what? Death. So you cannot walk away from wages when you have labored in sin. Are you together? Huh. So you must know this. Satan does all those things just to destroy Christians so that Christians will be frustrated. And when others are enjoying the bliss of God, they will be having from one headache to the other, from one calamity to the other. And you know what the devil done now? He now made many Christians blame Satan for it. Isn't it? So he is happy that they are ignorant. Because as long as they do not know that it is their conduct and character that is giving them the bad luck. As long as they do not recognize that, they will die in it. Satan loves people like that. He wants people to, 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 to be miserable so that when they die, then their eyes will be opened. That I should not be miserable really. I was the cause of my peril. He doesn't want you to recognize that it is because simple scripture you are not doing Blessed is the one who works not in the counsel of the wicked. When, when wicked plots, you stand away from it. There's one of our sons here. You know, he was in a... I don't want to mention the right, uh, the direct thing because I don't want anyone to be able to get who I'm talking about. He was in a group. I'll call it a group. And in that group, there is a man who is highly placed. And... Um, Somebody who is highly placed vacated his seat to put him, to replace him. And the moment he replaced him, some other petty members came together and said, let us plot to remove the other man who has been in his office for about 25 years. And so he asked them, what did he do? And he said, no, 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 no. We have to do it like that. This is how we do here. He said to them, count me out. Then he came to me and told me, I said, you are truly my son. Because those who gang up against others have sown a seed. The fruit is this. They will receive many ganging up against them throughout their life. It may be for 15 years. Anywhere they go, when it's time to raise them up, some people will plot against them. Because a seed is planted, it becomes fruit. Isn't it? Come on now. Uh-huh. That's the reason why a believer must do good to everybody. I do good to everyone. Because I must reap my harvest of my goodness. I do good not to the good only, but to the bad and the ugly and the good and anybody. I don't do good to you because you are impressing. No. Because you are a human being. Moreover, you are a child of God. And I have a mandate to do that. What about if your conduct to me is not cognizant, is not right? It doesn't matter. Your, your bad conduct will not stop my good work. 
Because God will not judge me by your conduct. He will judge me by my own conduct. I hope you are understanding me. And I'm saying that for you. So that you will not have an excuse that, how can I behave well to that person? After all, the person is not behaving well. I, I had him abuse me. I had her, you know, backbite me. When they were backbiting, he was the ringleader. When they were plotting, he was the ringleader. If that person is in the place where it needs your help, you must give the help. You do not associate with people like that. Understand me clear. Don't see apostles say we should bless them and then go and associate with the wicked because the Bible says that blessed is the man who walks in the council. So you must dissociate with people who always work in the council of the devil. People that you move to and they always say something that will debase your mind, something that will take you to sin. Don't associate. If they are your family, tell them, don't knock my door anymore. Am I together? You know, I've said this to you again and again. If my mother always comes to me to be backbiting people, I tell my mother, please don't visit my house. You gave back to me in this world, but when you die, you will face judgment alone. When I die, I will bear my name. I won't bear the daughter of, or the son of. And I will tell her, because anytime you come here, you come to do ungodly things by backbiting people and the news I'm hearing from you is contaminating my spirit. Mama, I will be visiting your house as long as you don't say those things when I come. If you say them as I carry my bag, I carry my bag again, I'm gone. Anything that will lure you into sin, Jesus says, if your right eye will make you sin, what do you say? So he's not talking about your physical right eye. He's talking about people that are connected to you, that are indispensable. You have to draw a line. Are we together? Husband must be the watchman over his wife, and the wife must be the watch over the husband, so that we watch over one another in godliness. There is one that he said that the blood of a man is in chapter 9 that you read today. God said, I will ask the blood of a man from man. You remember, when you go, go back and read chapter 9 of Genesis, he says, I will ask the blood of a man from animals. If animals eat up a man, God will ask the blood from that animal. He said, I will ask for the blood of a man from a man. So you are your brother's keeper. If anybody that is connected to you is going to do wrong thing, stop that person. If the person says that that is what I choose, draw a line instantly and let the person know. I'm drawing a line now because you don't want to do righteous things. Stay away from me so that you will not take me into iniquity. The Lord will help us in this that you are hearing from me. Life is good. It's worth a living, but only in godliness that you can find the goodness. Life is bitter and miserable. And one can be miserable only in disobedience to God's laws. That doors are open for, to the sons of righteous ones to suffer unnecessarily. Because God is not a respecter of man. Shall bow heads. Thank you, Father, for today. The world that I have spoken, let it remain in our hearts. Until we are fully formed. After the pattern of the one who came from heaven. Even our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you for the victory of the month of October. We bless and glorify your holy name. For us, it is going to be full of testimonies. Your word is a lamp unto my feet.
and is the light unto our path. In Jesus' holy name we pray. I want you all to stand up now. I want to pray for my friend. Stand up, please. You remember that in, a, in the prophecy God gave me, he said that in the month of October we should pray for Theresa May because they want to remove her. Did you remember that prophecy? All right. This month of October. If you watch the television today, somebody had already sent a letter to make a move for vote of no confidence in our prime minister. I stand by her because God said pray. If God didn't want her to be there, God will not say, if you pray, it will not happen. Because I saw this country broke into three parts. That is the politics. You know, the coalition broke into two. And the two halves gathered together and formed the coalition. But they have no head. Did you remember the prophecy? I think I need to play for you on Friday. Every one of you must play it on Friday. That there was a coalition by this period, half from the Labour Party, half from the Conservative Party. They came together to form a thought, but they have no head. So if they get rid of uh, Theresa May today, I guarantee you there will be no head in England. No man in England can take the steering wheel where Theresa May has got to. Let them hear me. I'm a friend to all of them. But if anybody thinks that, oh, it's another general election, if we take another general election and we remove Theresa May and we now occupy, somebody occupy, that person will resign. It will be most terrible in his time. Are you together? Two prayers I want to pray for her is that the Lord will sustain her and give her wisdom. I was very much impressed by her wisdom she displayed today. And I followed it and listened very well. She, 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 I mean, she, she really she exhibited most principles of good leader. Are we together now? She, I'm sure that she reads the Bible. That's why she got all those uh, courage and stuff. from. But this is the fact. If anybody thinks in England today, by prophetic, that, oh, let me get rid of Theresa May. And I would be able to handle it. The day that person resume, resume office as Prime Minister of England, within seven days, the person will know that he has signed for his death warrant. Well, let me say this to you. We want to pray two prayers for her. For her that God will give to his amid the wisdom to complete what she started. Are we together now? Second thing, I saw her just after, after getting through this, hung the toil. But there was no one to, to take it because the others are headless. Before a good head will come, it will take a season. Are we together now? Because where we go, wherever we go, where we are now, all of you, I told you yesterday, where Britain is now, we will suffer, of course. If we either go for checkers plan, which cannot be, you can, you can, you can guarantee on that. Checkers plan, and I don't believe that our, our government have given checkers plan, not because they want it, but because they want a dialogue. They gave me now. The checkers plan is going to create a dialogue, which means that the other people will now come up with something. They will accept some of the things we say in checkers plan, but they will also denounce us some things. That is how negotiation is anywhere in industry. Do we get it now? But whatever way that we, we are allowed now, where we are now, we will still suffer. 
If we allow the checkers plan, a part of the checkers plan, what it means is that that part is only applicable to Europe, but our relationship with other nations is not a WTO, World Trade Organization. I've told you, I think I will even cut short the time I'll be talking to you about this, this Brexit stuff. Maybe in this October, let me look at WTO. What is WTO and what are the things that they are saying so that we know where we're going? This is a fact. If we go check us now, let's say they approve checkers plan, which they will not, we know that they will not. That is all checkers plan. That is only checkers plan is only our relationship with Europe. That's all. Okay? But our relationship with other countries is under WTO rule. Checkers plan does not we are not in custom union. The custom union is the one that negotiates all contracts for behalf of member states. And we are, Checkers Plan is not in custom union. Checkers Plan wants one bit of custom union, which is free movement of goods, okay? But it do not want common custom. So, which means that for our customs and goods for other nations is WTO. Maybe TPP. We'll look at what that means. What that means anyway is that we will suffer for some time. Are you together with me now? But we are Great Britain. We have courage. Together we can make it. But they should be telling us that together we can make it after suffering a little while. That's what they haven't told us now. It is, of course, we'll make it as a nation. If we all live, if let's assume Britain is just starting as a country, and all of us are members of this country, we will get something true. But not without sacrifice. The area of sacrifice, man, no man can tell, because no one can tell about the depth of the effects of what we are going into. Why am I saying this to you? Because when you pray, you must have understanding that we are in a trouble anyway. You know, we are going to have recession anyway. The one they are saying today that um, we are out of, uh, you know, recession is for a short while. But whatever the case may be, we know that in all things, God will be glorified. For now, the person that God has placed before this country is Theresa May. I'm not a conservative party member or fan, neither am I a Labour fan. I don't fan anybody. I fan myself and the living God. But the Bible says, pray for your leaders. And we're going to pray for Theresa May that Father grant her health to carry us through. Grant her wisdom to carry us through. Silence every opposition that may derail us. Are we together now? Because when they took us out of Brexit, the one who really championed Brexit resigned immediately. And they asked him, that, why should you resign? He said, I don't know. What should we do now? He said, I don't know. So we don't want those who don't know to lead us in this country. So we are going to pray, Father, give our Prime Minister good health. Give her brains around her that will help us tear this rudder through and give us success. Then we will pray also that do not let her be fed up as to hang the towel. Let her complete her assignment so that she will be there until the next person that God will raise will, will be, will be uh, 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 fortified so that we will not have a break in God's intentions. So we just pray for our Prime Minister now. We pray for our health first, that God will grant our good health, Theresa May. We pray, Lord, that you will grant our good health. You can imagine all the bamboozement and bombardment to a woman. If not for God who has sustained her, 
somebody can have high blood pressure by all these attacks all over the place. Everybody is saying every manner of thing that he cannot deliver. We pray for our Prime Minister Theresa May that you will give her health. You will give her strength. You will give her wisdom. You will give her knowledge. All those who surround Theresa May, give them wisdom to sail us through. This has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the life of every one of us who are British. Our God and Father, we pray, give her discernment in the negotiation they are going through where they have got to, Lord. Help them to come about the will of God. Mitigate our suffering, O God. Tell the Lord to limit the effects because of the saints of God in this nation and because of the common people in this land who know nothing that we are talking about. Because of the children in the womb. Because of the babies who do not know they are left from their right and the children unborn. Have mercy on United Kingdom, O oh God. Intervene in this negotiation. Let them come up with a result that will not leave us in limbo or in a precipice. Father, that we can still stand on our feet to, to forge our future. Father, we pray and thank you. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. For the letter written for vote of no confidence, I tear it in the name of Jesus. I command cooperation among all people concerned over this country. Every form of division and dichotomy, I pray that the breeze of Holy Spirit will blow into the midst of them. That everyone will come together with their brains and come out with something that is befitting for our nation. May grace and mercy and honor be upon our parliaments. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are prayed. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs>